I used mine up last week. It's okay. your turn. All right, that's cool. It's mine. Right. Wait, you were recording that shit. <laughs> yeah, great, cool. Sing stupid songs after, before you start recording shit, shit. The cave is dark and gloomy. Inside, there is a form hunched over a laptop looking fearsomely at an array of cards. You've encountered a wild Jeb Wrench. Rod's grew. Wait, I already said that before in one of these. After being consumed and devoured by the Jeb Wrench, you flee to another cave where you find three Munchlaxen standing around menacingly, each one holding an apple. It's Fox Lee! Yeah, man, I went to Bison, the little ones! <laughs> <clears throat> and, hi, I'm Talon Lee. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Boo this man! I'd like to apologize, listener, on behalf of everyone here at the Downloadable Concept Podcast for Talon's inability to play along nicely with the rest of us. With <laughs> his own joke. I admit, I panicked. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> well, now I feel bad for booing you. Yeah, it's alright. So hey, Jeb, what have you been playing lately? Um, well, there was that Metal Gear Solid thing, I played a bit of that. <laughs> How's that working out? You, you're finding it, you know, sinking into it, or is it kind of bouncing off? Well, the story's still bad. <laughs> <laughs> But it's really fun to sneak around desert and stuff and, like, shoot people and stuff, so that's good. It is one of the great ironies of the current gaming age, how many games would be better if they just didn't really have a story. <laughs> just just leave that shit out. You know, the better you make a sandbox, the more likely it is that the story is just balls and toilets. <laughs> it, it is kind of amazing how much the stories I hear from people playing these big sandbox games are much more about emergent things than the actual narrative. Like, okay, the Saints Row games are the only the only <laughs> one of these games where I've heard someone talk about a thing that was intended by the plot. The <laughs> yeah. Instead of just a thing that randomly occurred while they were pissing around. Like, Minecraft is all emergent story. Except for the story. Well, yeah. And the well, story mode. Yeah, there is that now. There's a story mode now? There's a telltale tie-in point-click adventure game for Minecraft. <sighs> Hey, that not only lets you pick the gender of your character, but also the skin color. And personally, I don't really mind the story mode for Minecraft. It's one of those many things where I can look at it and go, this just isn't for me. It's for kids. Especially considering how important Minecraft is being for the sevens and unders now. Yes, I, I don't know. I, as a kid, I wouldn't have been interested in it having a story because there's no characters to speak of. Yeah, that's the the, the story mode is about adding characters to it, and they all look really dull. They all look like Minecraft characters. Yes, exactly. Well, all the a lot of the, the the Minecraft content that kids like to consume is 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 has is story driven and has created characters that have been applied to the same. Yeah. Like the Ox cast. Yeah. It it's reminiscent of Lego in that there are some kids who play Lego completely agnostically and they just want to build stuff, but there are kids who identify strongly with the character Lego, so yeah, that's why I'm saying Minecraft wouldn't have been the... As a kid, I would have found Minecraft to be a really uninteresting place to try and put characters because it doesn't have the, the sort of visuals or the personality to support that. Oh, fair enough. Like, it's great at being what it is, but I sort of feel like forcing anything else in there is a waste. You are also a bit and of a And I believe visual. Child Me would have thought that as well. Child Me was incredibly character-focused, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say, you were a bit of a visual snob. I mean, you didn't like the Muppets. I didn't like live things, and that mostly included puppets, though Dark Crystal was the shit. <laughs> so yeah, Jeb, Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah. <laughs> we do it on Minecraft. Yes! Basically, it's Minecraft. 
Basically, it's Minecraft. I did, I did find another, I did rescue another uh, lady trooper, which is good. Ah, there's more than one. Yep. Yay! You're, you're playing your, uh, you're playing Metal Gear Solid Five on your Xbox. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. With the, with, which has the drawback that the consoles have that you can't put in your own music. Which is a shame. But Ooh. if I really wanted to, I could just play my own music. That's what I have music for. Yeah. That's true, but it's not How... quite the same if it doesn't take the cues from the game. That exactly. Makes it, extra it, would be, it would be it would be nice to be able to have the, the Sailor Moon theme play <laughs> <laughs> just fade no in slowly. <laughs> With the water 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 water. So for now, it's just uh, the kids in America, or sometimes take on me. I haven't yet found uh, apparently uh, ninety nine left balloons is in it. Which nice. I have to say, I don't know if it's a good idea to put other media inside your medium inside. Put up another. It's not necessarily a good thing to put a piece inside your piece. art art a piece inside your artistic creation that says your point much better than you do. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> the thing I really like about the the prevalence on the, of 80s on, on, on the other hand, though, I think that it kind of works, and I think that it being better at making its point than the game it might be the reason it's there. <laughs> I think the best thing about the fact that all these songs are eighties pop hits at that point in time, is that you have this giant base full of these hardcore soldiers who are effectively listening to what we would consider, you know... <laughs> for, for lack of a better way to phrase it, teen girl music. She's one step removed from Girls Just Wanna Have Fun. Yeah, and Girls Just Wanna Have Fun is a perfectly good song, but it's not the sort of thing I would expect to find on a grizzled, hard-bitten, bearded cyborg soldier's playlist. Well, which we- is admittedly presumptuous of me. <laughs> Well, you, you, they're, they're, you, you accumulate the, the, the music, you find the music when you're out on missions. Um, so it's not necessarily the, the mercenaries that have it, it's, you know, the, the freedom fighters and such that, that you deal with, the Russian soldiers with their American music. <laughs> hey, wait with a minute, what is this game set? 1984. Oh, yeah. Oh, is it all in cassettes? Yes. <laughs> you literally Good find cassette stuff. tapes. <laughs> That's beautiful. That is beautiful. I'm... I just, there is something very deeply comforting now about the physicality of that type of media. <laughs> Hotline Miami's loading you screen. Can, you can, oh. uh, in, in Metal Gear Solid Five. you can fast forward and rewind the, like, if you're listening to a breathing tape. <laughs> does it, does it squiggle? Why, yes, it does. <laughs> awesome. You know that they're going to be really nerdy about this and that one of the DLC missions will feature a point where you have to rewind a tape and you don't have a recorder on you, so you need to find a pencil. <laughs> No. That, is a, that is a very Metal Geary thing to have um, to do, actually. Wouldn't Snake might, or Big Boss might just use, like, the pinky finger of his robot hand. That's true. Oh, he has a robot hand, doesn't he? Of course he, he oh, has a robot hand. Goodness. He has a robot hand that, pl- that plays the, the, the sound effects from uh, the $6 million man whenever he punches with it. I thought you were going to say... Because, of course, he does... <laughs> like, it has no. a break in there. No, no, no. That comes from his magical iPod. <laughs> in 1984... <laughs> With a holographic screen. Yes. I remember the first time I got a portable cassette deck that had two decks in it, and I was like, oh, I am come God. <laughs> in uh, in Peace Walker, the, one of the first cuts, like the intro cutscene, um, the, the person who comes in to talk to Kazuhira Miller and Big Boss reveals this secret technology that they have been working on back in Russia, a Walkman. <laughs> this was set in the early 70s, so... 
It's like Beautiful. a portable cassette player. A Volkman, you mean? No, it was actually a Sony branded Walkman. <laughs> oh God! It did um, I don't I don't know if I don't know if Canada had this, but here in Australia we tended to get this widespread array of knockoff brands from Southeast Asia. So I remember ah. that at one point a person at church showed off their Somi Walkman. <laughs> We had, as I recall, we had Somi and Saini. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you see, I our... had a Saini, in fact. <laughs> our, our, our cheap knockoff stuff came from Radio Shack, so it was called Realistic. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh, that's one of the games I've played. Yeah. I haven't played it a lot this week, just because I'm running out of side ops to do, and I'm not really too keen on doing the next missions, because the missions are bad. Yeah. <laughs> but eventually I'll have to do them, so I can get more side ops to do. Once again, brought low by its story. But at least now I have a missile. You, you <laughs> have a Pomeranian dog? No, the dog is not a Pomeranian. True. Oh, hey, 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 hey. Um, you remember that rad, um, Roaring Twenties, uh, magical girl, uh, minority visual novel I was telling you about? The Blind Griffin? Yes. There is a dog in that, who is a Pomeranian, who is named Arrow. <laughs> of course. And if that is not a reference, I'm out. <laughs> it's not a reference, I'm calling it as one anyways. <laughs> that's, the, that's the joy of subjective media. We all <laughs> provide our own contexts. I also, this week, got back into playing Final Fantasy fourteen. That's oh, yeah? an MMO, so that's, that's it's an MMO. <laughs> yeah. So there's nothing really to report, but it ate a lot of your time somehow while you weren't paying attention? Uh, a little bit so far, but... I was wander- walking around, going from mission point to mission point, and there was Satan wandering around, so that was neat. <laughs> I did have some fun with 14. I mean, it looked really nice, and the options for making giant muscle women were better than most MMOs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still not perfect, but decent. Uh, the The nature of MMOs tend to split into two broad categories, which is you have the MMOs, which are all about giving you a giant open space to build stuff in like eve online and then there are the ones that are we're going to give you a series of attractions we're just going to give you a thing to do from zone (laughs) to zone which a friend refers to as amusement park mmos and in their assessment final fantasy 14 is probably the best amusement park mmo we have right now Hmm. i guess i didn't really see it being like a series of set pieces to go and have fun with I, I, I sort of I, felt I, like it had a much more even tone of just, you know, here's, here's pretty place A, here's pretty place B. Move around as you wish. Pretty place to pretty place to pretty place, and oh, look at all these references. Uh, true. And look at all these pretty other people, except most of them are ruining it by acting like dinks. And one thing I will say for Australian consumer, Final Fantasy fourteen is really ping-dependent. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I played it with a gamepad, actually, I, because I don't play action games on the PC, I never have, uh, well, except back in the days where it was just left and right on a keyboard, action games, um, and I found I just could not react to the template stuff fast yeah. enough to ever get out of it, so I just looked like the idiot who stood in every area effect. Yeah, and the fact that every mob of any decent size does something template and I mean, the game has a, the game has a very sensible active RPG thing going on. If it was a single-player game, I'd probably quite like it. But because it's an MMO and it's ping-dependent, and I live in a country where I do... Yeah, it's probably really fun to play if you have a good ping in that respect. It's, uh, you know, it doesn't feel as much like we're just going to stand in front of each other and wait for our attacks to recharge. (laughs) Numbering at you. Now, that's Australians complaining about it. What about Jeb's stance? (laughs) Because at last check, Jeb has a good connection. Uh, Press the numbers and the things fell down. Hey, seems good. (laughs) Hey, Fox. That's all I can really say. Hey, Fox. What have you been playing lately? 
Same as last time. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of Rune Factory 4. Lots of Rune Factory 4. Look, it, it's a Rune Factory game. What was it going to do except consume my existence for a month or so? Yeah, for the next two podcasts, we can just assume <laughs> I'm going to copy-paste in what you had to say. I can report that it is continuingly a lot better than the first Rune Factory that I was playing beforehand. Just a lot of little quality of life improvements and, like, hugely better graphics. Using 3D models on the DS was never... Good ever. Oh, it just wasn't nice. Um, yeah. And, you know, there, there is at least one marriage prospect character who is kind of tough and neat and does some proactive stuff, which is really nice. Uh, it has a very interesting difficulty curve, I have learned. It's, uh, I, was I saying to you guys at the beginning of the podcast that mm-hmm. it, it's one of the only RPGs I've encountered where, like, the boss from the previous dungeon is, is just meaningless at the point where you can beat the boss from the next dungeon? It, huh. It's that steep of a curve, which is good. It, it's, but it's basically, like, massive difficulty jump each time. You're like, okay, better go and re-gear for this shit. Ah, now I can beat that. And then I walk back to find that the last guy is, like, a three-hit kill now. Pretty interesting. I think because they're expecting you to farm materials from the earlier bosses... So they sort of had to make them become trivial fairly quickly. But it works okay. Uh, at no point do I feel like this is cheap or unfair or anything. It's cool. The uh, the whole nature of Rune Factory as kind of like a series of interconnected systems that are designed to squeeze a little bit of time at a time. <laughs> oh, not even. I thought it was going to be a pretty good thing to play in a casual sort of way. <laughs> but then I remembered that the thing about this game is there is no exit point. Oh. oh. It encourages you to save before you sleep every night, which means that after you save, you're going, well, if I walk over to the bed and press sleep, I will instantly find out how my crops have done and, uh. you know, what's happening in the new day. But, you know, to go through all that, it takes you through to almost sort of lunchtime of the next day anyway. So then you're like, well, you know, it's, it's practically the end of the day. I don't want to stop playing right in the middle of it. It's kind of Moorish. Uh, yeah, it, uh, it, it just keeps going if you let it. You have to make a very definitive decision to, okay, stopping now. Gotta come back later. Does it feel manipulative? Do you, like, do you feel like it's doing this on purpose, or is it just... Same manipulative. I mean, that's the core gameplay of the thing, and it's not It's not like it's doing it to eke money out of you or anything. It's not some microtransaction horror. Um, and it's not... Yet. It's not like anything you do is unfun, <laughs> like I would say for a lot of the more skin and boxy MMOs. Um, if it stopped being fun, I would stop doing it. Mm. Um, because that is the core of the game, and... You know, you you can put up with doing meaningless crap to get to a game that you actually enjoy sometimes, but this isn't like that. It's not that the meaningless crap is the game. <laughs> I don't mean to call it crap. <laughs> what I mean is, it's a game about growing vegetables. And, this and garbage is horrible. I don't know why I keep playing it, but I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we know so many people who would revel in the title of Wonderful Trash. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, I mean... It's a game about growing vegetables. If you didn't want that, why did you buy the game? <laughs> it's very upfront about what it is, and I, I think that's what makes it fine in terms of, of just being an endless thing that you can repeat as long as you want. Like, that's the purpose of it. Also, there the original are Harvest Moon, I think, goes... Sorry, I talked over you. Sorry, the, the original Harvest Moon, I think there's, uh, like, a unique event that happens after a hundred years of gameplay or Fuck off! So, you know, it's just there. Like, hey, oh, Windows just still playing. Oh, is this sitting there with an emulator on it? (laughs) 
That is, in fact, the only way I played it, because I didn't find about, out about Harvest Moon until many, many years later. I, there's a, there was an old, uh, reasonably, I think, I think it was freeware, but it might not have been, and we just had pirated that ubiquitously, uh, <laughs> platform game back from the early 90s called Prehistoric, where you played a caveman with a club and ran around smacking dinosaurs. It was <laughs> unremarkable, but it recently got uploaded to the DOS archive, uh-huh. uh, so you could play it online in your browser along with a giant batch of other games. Mm. And some people played it and went, hang on, there's a message in here for the year 2015. Oh, wow. In the, the opening credits, instead of getting the opening screen you normally got, up came red, uh, up came orange and black text that said, I can't believe people are still playing my silly little game in 2015. Hello, the future. <laughs> Signed the creator of the game. That's so <laughs> That's great. great. <laughs> yeah. And, and apparently would do that for every year um, after 2010. Nice. <laughs> That's very cool. Anyway, uh, so you're really enjoying Rune Factory? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Fox still playing the same game. I'm still playing the same game. Talon, what have you been playing? You've been playing a lot of Hotline Miami. Too. <laughs> Is it true? I was going to say I've been playing Undertale, but oh. yeah, I have been playing a lot of Hotline Miami too. <laughs> but really, that's only if you consider in the terms of the types of games I've been, in how much game I've been playing, because this week, uh, I, I walked into class on Tuesday morning and the teacher pointed at me and said, you can, you can beta your game next week, right? Whoops. Um, uh, well, I was expecting two weeks to get the printing done, but sure. So most of my week has been crunch time for game dev. <laughs> We better hurry through this podcast then. <laughs> and now it's time for retro gaming news for all the news that's fit to print for whatever year talent is excited about. <laughs> but I have also played a bunch of Hotline Miami as a way to de stress. Um, particularly, I've been achievement hunting, which again, I don't do that very often. I, it, it seems to me that it, it's almost become for me a sign of respect for the developers in that there are achievements I will hunt for particular games. In Dishonored, I went and got both mostly flesh and steel. And ghost, because those were those were points of pride for me. I wanted to be able to say to my friends, "Yeah, I'm pretty good at this game. How can I prove that?" Oh, okay. So, uh, Hotline Miami and Hotline Miami Two have been turning you into uh, the sort of person that you wouldn't normally be. Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. In a lot of ways, media is influencing me and changing me into a different human. The huh. government was right. Chemtrails. I've been mostly working on card games this week, which has been, uh, it's been frustrating, especially because I've had to be doing this whilst I'm writing about the creation of the card game and doing talks on the creation <laughs> of games. Um, human interpreters for games are so wonderful and irritating at the same time, because if you, like, the, just, just on accessibility level, right? I designed this game, I was finalizing prints the cards and someone else pointed out you know oh by the way is there a is there some sort of text symbol for the colorblind fuck i completely <laughs> forgot about colorblind well, people and look everything needs visual tweaks there's, oh yeah like, yeah there's, there's font choices and alignment issues and just yeah just little things like this that do not matter for your first playtest version yeah the, the te- technically what i'm delivering is a far more polished prototype than i need to and accessibility is definitely on that list. Like, yeah. This is a thing you should care about. It is not a thing that is important on your first prototype. Uh, it, no, it, I, occupies, I'm... it occupies design space. It occupies card real estate. Yeah. It's something that definitely needs to be in mind early on. Yeah, the, and the, the earlier you put it in mind, the more elegantly you'll be able to implement it later. If you, if you, if you approach it with an attitude of it's something you can bolt on later, you will wind up coming into problems. I'm not 
saying bolt on necessarily, unless you think I'm also implying that your entire visual design should be bolted on, which if you know me, I'm not saying that. <laughs> design is law. I, I figured you were saying that my entire visual design is crap. <laughs> Let's decide the point. It has some strong points. <laughs> None of them have to do with Neon. I, I did my best. <laughs> I did my best to, to steer you right. <laughs> However, I'm very bad at this tool. <laughs> I... I think you have pursued an aesthetic quite well. There are definitely some changes I would make. Like no fucking neon. No, no. Look, you need neon in this game. I understand that. I, I'm talking about, like, you know, using different fonts for flavor text and uh, yeah. rules text and titles, which are all right now the same font, the same size, the same weight. Yeah. Uh, which, to me, is a real problem, because you can't really tell them apart. Yeah, and for what it's worth, I know that that's wrong, and I do want to do it differently. It's just I needed to get... A hundred and eighty cards designed in a week. That's what, hence I say, not a thing that matters in your first prototype, but I am including accessibility concerns with that on that level. It's really Mm -hmm. important. I wouldn't print it without fixing it. I'm hoping I can find a um, dyslexic-friendly font, too, because... That could be a lot trickier. Yeah, because the only one that I know of that's um, generally considered dyslexic-friendly is Comic Sans, and that means that surely there is a study in good fonts for this. (laughs) <laughs> well, there's I also a can... dyslexic sans. Jeb? I, I can, I don't know if you know many people who are dyslexic, but I can certainly address, I can certainly direct you towards someone I know who can maybe help you out. Cool, that'd be helpful. I, I have been on sites that have resources for this kind of thing, actually. There are many other choices than Comic Sans. Whether or not any of them will be I, yeah. exactly the style you were going for is another question, but they're definitely out there. I definitely don't want to use Comic Sans. Yes, obviously. I, I would... Uh, punish you for you trying to use Comic Sans in such a format if you were that foolish. <laughs> tune into the DLC, tune into the downloadable concept podcast where we help Talon with his homework. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've clearly run out of things to say about games that I've played this week. Shall we move on to retro gaming? Yeah. <laughs> Shall we move on to retro I'm, gaming news? I'm not done trampling over you with my three pairs of bossy boots yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, I'm used to it. <laughs> You got Welcome to the Downloadable Concept Podcast, where Fox steps on talent. And now it's time for Retro Gaming News. All the news that's fit to print for the month of October, 2007. Brought to you by Sony Corporation, creators of the Moon and PlayStation consoles. So, same month, one year later. As you may remember from last week, it was tie-in weirdness hell, where... Also Grand Theft Shark. <laughs> Update from last week, by the by. It seems that people have realized... Grand Shark Auto might have been brilliant, and the PC copy will now set you back seventy to eighty dollars. <laughs> you can get the console copy for about seven bucks. Because apparently, the console version was poo. What console? PS2. Uh, it's got PS2 and Xbox releases, I think. Oh, nice. But yeah, it's not a hard to get game, but apparently, the PC version fixed some errors and whatnots. Or at least is rumored to have fixed some errors and whatnots, and therefore somehow it's it's you know rare chocolate snowflakes. So to contextualize <laughs> this coming month of of games, just to let you know what was in September two thousand and seven, Halo three came out in the last week of September two thousand and seven, and then thereafter the next set of releases are all have auspicious titles like Dance Dance Revolution Hottest Party and Hot Wheels. 
beat that, along with Jackass the Game. Oh, God. So I'm guessing there's a long Master Chief-shaped shadow being cast over the release schedule at this point. How long did this Jackass if thing I go recall on? Cor- if I recall correctly, part of that is uh, because because that November, uh, everyone knew it was coming out that November. So releasing something between Halo 3 and fucking Skyrim... <laughs> Not a good idea. Well, would have paid attention. Well, uh, for what it's worth, it wasn't just Skyrim that came out in November. Super Mario Galaxy also hit in September, in November. So October was clearly the month where you let <laughs> sad <laughs> little releases limp out and hope they didn't get hurt. I, please don't get trampled, young release. Go, go be free. There's, there's no problem with how the gaming press operates or anything. Yeah, there's nothing deeply troubling about this arrangement, no. is there? Look, we only can co- we can only c- cover what we hear about. Yeah, exactly. There's a certain li- there's a certain uh, functional limitation here. All right, you're kind of e- like e- the the week the week leading up to E3 is like the worst time for me. Yeah, I understand. Because early January is really good. Is holding shit back until E3. <clears throat> yeah, see that I I'm not blaming the press as it is now for this because the game companies have adopted this schedule but it must have started somewhere <laughs> i believe it i believe it borrowed from the movie system yeah, probably where everything got released around award season we just happened to use gaming fest gaming expos for the same thing all right douchebags always talk about it in terms of seasons ah stop addressing the global media in terms of seasons you ah well there's still the holiday season <laughs> holiday season is fine but if when i hear the word summer blockbuster it took me ages to work out what that was supposed to be middle of winter <laughs> for us that's christmas movies those aren't blockbusters those are trash yeah it's true the late holiday hits are, are you know, that's the, the, the large scale award bait. Mm. <laughs> Which we don't go and watch because we're lower class. <laughs> that's when you get, that's like when, a, mm. that's when A Beautiful Mind that's came the out. Thing. They never used to get here at the same time that they were being screened in the US. Anyway. Okay. No, they saved so, them for your winter. Let's talk about games. Games? Right. First up, we have a deeply impenetrable... Monster RPG, <laughs> which inexplicably got sequels and is considered a successful good game, despite the fact that the interface is really bad. Oh, Final Fantasy Thirteen? No, no. Uh, this game is out of, is based out of Europe. Uh, this game's set in Europe. Well, it's set in quote unquote Europe. Its ca- its Wikipedia tags helpfully include dark fantasy and video games based on novels. Witcher? Yes, The Witcher 1. That's a monster RPG? Monsters in big. No! Poo on you, I thought you meant like a Pokemon type thing. Oh, sorry. Shame! Shame! No, it's it's massive. It's big. No, that's fine! And and the thing is, it's big in the same way that a a meat pie that's a meter across is big. (laughs) Too big to actually be practical or enjoyable and it's probably going to make you puke? You do look at it and you go, maybe that's too big. And that's really unsanitary? (laughs) What, for Witcher 1 you're talking, right? Yeah, Witcher (laughs) 1. Because apparently Witcher 3 is just, like, nirvana, so... (laughs) Witcher 3 responded to players exploiting the respawn of cows by instating, <laughs> instating both a doom cow that would hunt you and a cow tax man who would come and get the money back. <laughs> so I'm kind of down with The Witcher 3 in that little way. All right. Also, they, turn, they also they also they personified the, the, the grizzled dude, middle-aged guy protagonist 
as a submissive grumpy dad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to get the and apparently to get the best ending, you have to be the best dad. Yes, that would actually be quite different to your normal dad game, like or, to the point where I would be actively interested. Also, you have to daughter, you have to be an actual good dad, as yeah. opposed to action dad. You have to listen to her. There are players. There are sections where you get to play as her, and she's basically Lady Nightcrawler, the Monster Hunter. What do you mean I can't beat fatherhood by murdering everything? What are you talking about? <laughs> There's also an interesting juxtaposition they do in The Witcher 3 with the relationships, where instead of where instead of saying, all right, you player, you get to choose whatever you like. No, Geralt has opinions on this. His character is influenced by his romance, and there is, here is the stable, nice, comforting romance, and here's the romance that puts your hair on end, and you have to choose between the two of them, and probably they're both going to leave you slightly unsatisfied because you're you're actually torn between these two equals, as opposed to which does the player want more. Do they reflect upon the child? Uh, I don't know. But, oh, hang on. Is she an actual child? She's adopted, right? She's adopted. Yeah. So there should also be an issue of, you know, if you're going to bring someone else into this relationship, yeah. you have a daughter to think about. That's a thought. I don't know if they do that. I, I do. think Cersei is, like, off doing training and stuff. Ah, okay. Ah. See, when you said best dad... Well, no, you still have to be a good dad. Mm. There's still dadding ah. to be done for this teen girl. <laughs> you don't, like, see her very much? She's busy killing cockatrices. All right, so we have a game that's banned in Australia. So Fox is All probably them. right out. <laughs> All, All <right>. of them. <laughs> oh, that's right. We wanted to talk about Witcher three, but Witcher one was it's meh. Be... Yeah. What year is this? Witcher, Witcher one. Witcher one was actually just kind of bad. Yeah, and the interface was awful. Just like deeply, impenetrably awful. Like Which... middle middle click on your character to open the inventory. Awful. Well, uh, if you couldn't get past the the UI to actually play the game, then you. You were lucky, because you didn't would get to find that the game also played really bad. <laughs> were these controls at least rebindable? Uh, yeah. Okay. In the depth That's of a something. menu. But The Witcher has apparently gotten to be a better series. The first one just <clears throat> pushed me away so hard I have no interest in getting into it. Ouch. Alright, so this is a PlayStation 2 game. It's a sequel to a PlayStation 2 game. It was banned in Australia and not released, and in America. Manhunt 2? Yep. <laughs> ah. I almost got to the point where we were talking about presidential candidates writing letters about it to the ESRB, describing it as viscerally and casually sadistic. So, you know, same. <sighs> My okay cupid profile name. Alright. We have a tie-in game for an anime. Goku. No, but I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you if you can just guess the anime it's Bleach. from. No, not uh, Bleach. Naruto. Uh, Naruto, yeah. It's, what? It's one, <laughs> yeah, it's one of... It's one of an enormous number of Naruto games. Naruto was around back then? <laughs> Naruto's like a million years old. So am I, but I've never heard of it until recently. <laughs> there were 12 Naruto games. What? In the main yeah. sequence, and this is one of them. And that's the main line. There are apparently spin-off sub-games and mini-games. I don't know what they mean by that, but... <laughs> All right. Maybe like mobile games or something. And speaking of tie-ins to a weirdly off-putting culture that's not much like our own, it's a game based on a cartoon. We're, hey, we're back in tie-in heck. Um, close. It gets compared to South Park, as in South Park. Oh, well, South Park gets compared to it. Heck. Wait, are we back to Family Guy again? Not Family Guy. Uh, the other thing that gets compared. Well, funnily enough, Family Guy gets compared to this as well because this did it first. And better. The Simpsons? Yes. It's just called The Simpsons Game. Oh. Which makes it one of 12 of The Simpsons games. <laughs> I, wonder if that is, I wonder if that's related to The Simpsons movie. Uh, it appears to be. It was Ugh. loosely based on the film. That's alright, then. Yeah. 
Now, again, tie in heck. Stop saying heck, it's weird. What have you done with Talon? Well, it's not as bad as tie in hell, which we were in last week. But this is for a... Pretty uh, soon we'll be in tie-in, gosh. Yes. Let's establish this is a new zone. It's the tie-in toilet. (laughs) Yes, it's the tie... Funnily enough, that's perfect for this game. (laughs) Uh, This game is a tie-in to a kid's movie. SpongeBob? Nope, nope. This is a a big budget animated... uh, Naruto? No, not Naruto. Uh, English language. Goku. And of course, when we're talking kids, we're going to have to talk about the things that the kids love. And what the kids love is quite clearly... Oh, the minions. Shrek, Monsters, Inc. A deliberately edgy, meaningless, nihilistic stand-up comic who had a TV show in the 90s. Because the kids love that. Oh, so this is... This is... uh, This is... Uh, Shiny Tap Station. They made <laughs> nope. Dennis Leary into a 3D no, film? No, they didn't make... Oh, Dennis... He was in Ice Age, but no. Oh, he was, wasn't he? Shit! Yeah. No. I was way closer than I thought. You were, in fact, because it's a DreamWorks movie. It's DreamWorks, okay. Um, oh. Its name tells you it's bad. Well, that's true of How to Train Your Dragon, but that's a filthy lie. No, 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 as in the name is literally a reference to bad movies. Oh, B-movie. Yes. God, there was a oh. B-movie game. Of course there was a B-movie game. Of course there was oh. a B-movie game. And the B on the cover is making this face. Of course he's making that face. <laughs> the fucking Seinfeld face. <laughs> it's the same as the movie poster. Yep. Uh, Wait, was Jerry Seinfeld ever edgy? Uh, uh, apparently in the 90s he was considered edgy. Really? Yeah. What? That guy. What? Yeah. That guy. What? With that hair. <laughs> like the fact that he was making all these racist jokes and the, the whole, I'm not a racist, the whole, there was an episode of Seinfeld which is about him being perceived as racist for things like carrying around one of those Native American statues and stuff. It, mm. And that was considered really edgy. Right. Interesting. Uh, uh, apparently the B-movie received generally positive reception amongst critics, but it was also not released to, amongst other sites, PC Gamer. Well... You know what else what? gets good reception amongst game when released to game critics? Yeah. Whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have a we we have a game where the director of a movie is in the title. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that's always that's always gone well. That's a warning sign, isn't it? How infamously bad is this director? Always this, gone well. Honestly, this director has a reputation as being badass yeah this 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 director is responsible for a bunch of really good movies and then he came to america and he made face off oh oh shit i should know who made face off ah <laughs> there are doves that fly up in giant piles there are two-handed gun oh, oh, uh, oh it's, this is this this game is uh it's it's john woo, john woo. it's john woo yes it's uh it's uh um um, it's John Woo presents Stranglehold. Yeah, Stranglehold, which is <laughs> apparently good. I don't know anything about this game. I just know that the name of the game is officially John yeah. Woo presents Stranglehold. I think I've, I think I've heard it's good because I think I've heard that it's just playing a John Woo movie. Uh, it's IGN is eight point one. Yeah, so which John Woo movie? I think that's kind of an important question. Also, apparently the soundtrack is. Badass. Um, I think it's the transporter. That was a John Woo movie, right? I don't know. I believe it owes reference to Hard Boiled. That's good. Yeah, Hard Boiled's a good movie. <laughs> That's All right. good. We'll Speaking buy that. Of... Speaking of movies and tie-ins, it's an animated kids movie tie-in game. Is this one Shrek? No. This one SpongeBob. No. Uh, is this one wrong... Goku? No. Uh, but it is a three. This one Bleach. No. 
It is like, a 3D. Not really a kid's Death movie. Note. It's not Death Note. It is a 3D animated kids movie though, and it's made by the not DreamWorks. You know, the people DreamWorks are desperately trying oh, wait, to impersonate. Uh, hang on, this is around the time of B movie then. Yeah. This would be. So what was the Pixar movie then? Uh, yeah. What was the Pixar we, movie? Cars. Was Monsters Inc. That year. Not Cars. Sorry, Fox. I would have thought it was Monsters Inc. That year. Nope. Not Monsters. Nope. After Monsters. Monsters Inc. Was, oh, wasn't okay. Monsters Inc. DreamWorks anyways? Finding Nemo. Nope. No, that was the year of Shark Tale. That was a much more embarrassing year for DreamWorks. Ooh. The movie is about food. Ratatouille? Ratatouille, the oh. game. So I want greater cultural context here, gamers. I want you to consider that Pixar looked at their game and said, tell you what, let's make a GB... Let's let's farm this out to a GBA platformer while B-Movie got a multi-platform WASD game release. A GBA platformer? Oh, shit, they missed the trick. Okay, I want you to picture the Ratatouille game we would have got if the Kinect had been a thing at that point. And you'd have had... Where you're piloting the chef just like the, the rat does in the movie. That would have been awesome. I know! That would have been gunstring of it for cooking. Yeah! With or, 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 design, uh, or, Pixar visual design. you get your Kinect game, but you play it with a real rat on your head. I've done that. Well, not with a Kinect. <laughs> with a real video rat. Games with my rat on my head. Yes. yes. <laughs> I had a rat for many years. He was lovely. Yes. yes. And by the way, he was it... named Splinter because he was a rat. And I don't know what the hell you called your rat when you were 14 years old, but I fucking called mine Splinter. Uh, for what worth, I made this mistake. It wasn't a GBA game. It was a DS game. So even more, it could have been Cooking Mama. Yeah, and it's a platformer. It's still garbage use of that franchise. And it was made by THQ, who at that time I broadly have a fair bit of respect for. Uh, They've done good stuff. They were like a year away from making Saints. Tie-in game was not one of them. They were like a year away from making Saints Row Two. So all right, so we have another game with a director's name at the start of it. Fuck. (laughs) James Cameron. No. Really, Scott? No. Though you are Is this Avatar? Of... No, it's not Avatar. No, it's not Avatar. It's a horror game. Oh, so it's Avatar. No. <laughs> I don't know who... I don't really know who directs horror. <laughs> horror is... Unless it's a Shyamalan game. No. <laughs> Everything Mamera? is horror. Nope. Uh, this is a game where you play a squad of uh, racially and ethnically diverse, uh, helpful military sorts going into... The dangerous demon hell rift and killing things, and you know, it's fairly generic in a lot of ways, which is why it's embarrassing that the director put his name right at the top of the card, and that the game is regularly reminding you about. Ooh, remember this other stuff this director's done? Ooh, is this uh, Clive Barker's Jericho? Clive Barker's Jericho. Oh, he's a director. By Clive Barker. Yes, I Clive Barker's Jericho. I've always knew Clive Barker a... as an author. Yeah, as a writer. Just a writer. Uh. Clive Barker, uh, Clive Barker's Jericho, a Clive Barker game by Clive Barker Studios. Uh, it's, it has its problems. If you'd said author, we would have gotten it. After yeah. you stopped yelling Tom Clancy at you. Yeah, true. Many, <laughs> many times. And for what it's worth, I did junk, I did junk a Tom Clancy game from this list. <laughs> we would have had a three of a kind. No, but now we have another game where the major creative influence has his name at the very start of the game title. Peace Walker by Hideo Kojima. New. No. Damn. No, this is a uh, this is a score based video game. This is a game where the franchise has a it's got problems. The person it, it, it uh funnily enough, this game is actually overshadowed somewhat by the Jackass game that came out last month. Um, when you say a score based game, yep. Tony Hawk. What does that mean? Yeah, it's Tony Hawk. Oh, okay. yeah, it's Tony Hawk's Proving Grounds, an attempt to make the Tony Hawk franchise more edgy. <laughs> 
is funny because as far as extreme sports athletes go, Tony Hawk is like the most milk toast of them all. <laughs> <clears throat> he I is as suburban SUV middle aged dad that you can possibly be right down to the skateboard. <laughs> yeah. See, I have to take your word for this because the only thing I'm less interested in than normal sports is extreme sports. <laughs> All right, this is this is a tie-in game for a franchise from the 1930s. Hey! But, but to be fair, the franchise lasted a good long time and went through Batman? multiple reboots. Not Batman. Uh, more comedy and more violent. Oh, Was uh, there another horror. Tom and Jerry game? No, but you are thinking of the right vintage, and you are thinking of two animals of different species trying to get each other killed. Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner? Right, right studio, wrong people. It's Duck Amuck, the Looney Tunes tie-in game. Nice. On the DS. Nice. Yes. Uh-huh. I there's see. A, there's, a Looney, there's a Looney Tunes, like, some kind of Looney Tunes world game on on Steam that has, like, character creation. I am so tempted to pick this motherfucker up when it's on sale. <laughs> I'm, I'm really surprised that a bunch more producers haven't made just like crappy little social MMOs that that exist purely so you know hey kids you get to make a character in this universe we know you like yeah wait no I do know don't I it's because of censorship yeah probably it's because people would fuck in them yeah and then you don't have to pay someone to stop people from fucking in them and they don't want to pay people to do that only Nintendo wants to pay people to do that so we have another franchise game it's a tie-in game to a mascot character game and introduces an extra dimension that no one really seemed to want. You mean a literal extra dimension? No. Oh. No, it's not a three it's not a three D to two D transition. Sonic game. Unleashed? No, not Sonic Unleashed, but this game got compared to Sonic Unleashed. Uh, and it's not a Mario game. No, because none of them have really been an extra dimension no one wanted. Except possibly oh, yes. Sunshine, but in retrospect, uh, we were okay with that. Super Paper Mario. People love that. Not Super Paper Mario. I quite liked... Uh, that, that was the one that took it from being an RPG to being a bad platformer. Oh. I seem to recall people being quite positive about that. Like, people they who didn't wrong. like the turn-based thing in the first place. They are wrong. <laughs> I'm not saying they're right. I like turn-based games, but that's not the point. <clears throat> I am saying they're wrong. Okay, fine. But I do not want to, I don't want my turn-based RPG to become an action game. He's just—he's gonna be never work. We're just gonna never. leave Jeb for a while. Here. We're just gonna—we're just gonna fade out on Jeb ranting about Paper Mario because Paper because I quite like Paper Mario RPG. Like Thousand Year do, Door was do, just the do, best do, game do, on do, on do, on the GameCube do, by basically. far. You put some clock noises in the background <laughs> yeah. of that. Well, actually, no, I'm joining in. Thousand Year Door was fucking incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you played that. Mm. Um, Manara alone does a copy. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. But um, now you know we know what Pawn Star. Did you ever? No, did you ever play? Did you ever play through Thousand Year Door and try to get the timing right to get the right color of Yoshi you wanted? No, I'm not that. I, I played through it once. <laughs> I just remembered it was really, really good and really funny and really smart. And has Vivian? Which yes. Why isn't she in Smash? People. Mm. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that'd be a good choice. <laughs> By the way, that tells you how dull this game I'm talking about is. In that we we're now talking about not only. A different game, but a different franchise game's character specifics. No, this game... Considering some of the esoteric shit they put in Smash Brothers. Yeah, true. This character will not show up in Smash Brothers because nobody likes him. Yeah. Uh, is there a Bubsy Smash game Bandicoot. in 2007? It's not Bubsy, but you're about the right level. Uh, he's had... This is the 14th game this character is mainline. Shit. 
Was there a Dizzy game in 2007? <laughs> no, but this game was released by Sierra. This is the 14th game mascoted by a character nobody likes. Well, I wouldn't say nobody likes him. I know some people like his kart racing games. Crash Bandicoot? Yes. It's a Crash Bandicoot game. Can you oh. can you remember the 2007? Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> Crash Bandicoot. The first Crash Bandicoot games were good. The 2007 one is... Crash I, I'm of not the kidding. Titans. I was pretty sure uh, I said Crash Bandicoot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I missed that. I, I may have, have to go I and have, check the track for Verify. I might have been rambling. Really sure. I might have been bitching at the time. Yeah, but Crash of the Titans, which includes hacking the enemy's robot monsters to collect Titan juice, which sounds... Ah! Oh, God. Oh, don't collect Titan juice. Go was, on. Friends it, don't let friends collect Titan juice. Unless they ask. Yeah, and uh, the game was bomb- The game was not very well received by critics, who pointed out that it was very short and not very well refined. Well. Like a munchlax. Hey! <laughs> but yeah, it was released by Sierra Online. I just, like, you can see you how much they gave a fuck about it. It's like, here, you use the vestiges of, of your company wow. to make this, 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 this late model Crash Bandicoot game years after anybody stopped giving a fuck about Crash. And note, this was when they decided to give the characters a visual overhaul to add a new punk edge to them. Well, Crash Bandicoot was already created to be edgy. Did yeah. They wrap their wrists and ankles. But but the fact I that mean, they said the jorts, come on. It was a Bandicoot and Jorts. But they said a new And like like punk. when when they when they introduced him, he was like flipping off Nintendo. Literally. Literally. <laughs> Speaking of fuzzy things flipping off wow. Nintendo. This is a different mascot game. Sonic! Huh, Sonic no. Unleashed. Oh. Nope. Uh, this was... Okay, there might be a bit of a name discrepancy here because uh, there's a different name in PAL regions to NTSC. Uh, this came out on the PS3. Was this Taz the awful Tasmanian Tiger character? No. Uh, developed by Insomniac Games. Sly Cooper? No. Is uh, it an animal character? Jack and Dexter? It is, it is an animal character. No, it's not Jack and Dexter. But it is a it's something... the other something. one? Dexter yes. Counts. Ratchet and Clank? It's Ratchet and Clank. Does that uh, have an alternate name? In uh, Ratchet and Clank in PAL regions was Ratchet and... This game was Ratchet and Clank Tools of Destruction, whereas in non-PAL regions it was Ratchet and Clank Future, The Tools of Destruction. Okay. Um. I like else better. <laughs> All right. They're both dumb, but one is complicated and dumb. We have a high pace first-person shooter which deliberately locks you into rooms. Until you've killed everything. Painkiller. <laughs> painkiller. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to make a joke about how terrible that was, but Painkiller is the game that did that right. <laughs> so yeah. The next thing that, that you would say is, and it's the good one. Yeah. <laughs> painkiller, pain the, thing, the thing with Painkiller that, that I really enjoyed was the fact that the uh, enemies were... You, you To save ammo, you usually wanted to bunch enemies up, which meant that actually the first... Instead of killing things for the first 30 seconds, you were kind of moving around like a really big, well-armed sheepdog trying to bunch <laughs> people into groups so you could blow them all up at once. Very serious action. <laughs> Much like how I played Little Gear Solid 5. <laughs> bark, 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 bark. <laughs> This podcast Run? is now dogs. Bark, bark, bark. Dogs! Dogcast! <laughs> Much like how I play Metal Gear Solid Five: Run around the base, attract, get as many people following me as possible, turn around, suplex everyone. <laughs> and that's how I got the bear code name. <laughs> nice! Because you get that for using CQC. That's beautiful. That's like Hotline Miami, but with actual <laughs> power wrestling moves. 
That is so great. All right, we have a anniversary edition of an. Existing By the way, franchise. just so you know, you can chain together your suplexes. I'm sorry. the The idea just popped into my head. I want to see this. I don't know if there's a Steven Universe game yet, but if there was, it should be a wrestling game. <laughs> Tiger Millionaire. Yes. I'm just saying. Uh... With with character, like you know, you have to build your character's backstory for crowd of people. <laughs> All right. Since they since they're talking, they say they'd like to make an Atelier Muzo game. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're into Steven that. Universe, I uh, no, that's a totally different thing because Atelier is like the violence in that game is sort of added as an afterthought because they were like, well, I guess we have to have some combat shit in here. It, this is one of the only RPGs where it would totally make sense to me if they were like. Eh, just let you turn off the combat too. I I, I want to know which of these like sweet, almost completely non-violent, cute little alchemist girls they're going to include in a warrior's game. <clears throat> I want to see the, 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 the cast list. The, the Muso series, it's it's in that same department as Platinum for me, where I want them to get like one game out of every franchise just, just <laughs> once. Yeah, totally. I mean, I want to see I'm... a Platinum game for every franchise ever. And I want to see a Warriors game for every franchise ever. I'm not saying this would in any way be bad, but that it'd be a fascinating thing because Musou is just basically distilled violence. There's nothing else. It's just let's beat some shit up in in the coolest way we can think of. Well, we got a platinum. Is this too unrealistic to be cool? Hell no, it's not. We got a platinum Transformers game, which and it's awesome. Awesome. Did, they did a Transformers game. It Ooh. came out like last week. Yeah. Using the aesthetics of which generation? G one. Bright greens. Okay. Bright. Yeah, it has Grimlock. Don't get me wrong. I don't like that as much as I like it if it was based on animated. Grimlock. But still pay that. It has you. Can, you can play Grimlock and you can smash things with your tail. My main criteria is just not faithful. Grimlock lets you suplex people. <laughs> With what? His little tiny... His little... In robot mode... In robot mode, his grapple... He grabs them and... Sorry, it's not a suplex. It's a pile driver. Robot... What is this robot mode you speak of? When you're in dinosaur mode... When you're When you are... When you're in the correct mode... You grab them in... When you... You grab them in your powerful robo jaws... And you swing them around from side to side. Yes! Alright, I'm in. Also, mechanically speaking, Grimlock does something really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, because Aside from picking transform- you up in his giant robo jaws and swinging you from side to side. <laughs> and also, you know, all of his lines are done correctly, you know. Grim- yes! Grimlock smash! You know, uh, Grimlock dodge. That's <laughs> great. But, but, oh, yeah, also, uh, also, you can catch missiles in your robot dinosaur mouth. Um, but, that's not my point. Yes! That's not my point. My point is this. I am hyped! Every, every character, you know, gets a, a vehicle mode because they're Transformers. Obviously, Grimlock, does, Grimlock doesn't. Woo! Because he's a dinosaur. That is correct. So instead of, you know, you, instead of holding on the movement button to drive, you have to keep tapping the button to run because stomp, 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 stomp. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, it was Tomb Raider anniversary. Yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about Grimlock now. Grimlock's <laughs> idle animation 
Grimlock's <laughs> idle animation as a dinosaur. He just reaches up as high as he can with his tiny little rubber dinosaur arm and scratches his head and looks confused. It's great. <laughs> oh, this is beautiful. This is the same team that made the Korra game, isn't it? Uh, yep. Yep. So it's like 20 bucks. That, no, by the way. no, that. no. It's full price. Oh, okay. Fair enough. It's, it's, it's 70 fucking dollars here. <laughs> Just gonna say, Avatar Universe, that needs a Musou game. I just wanna play every rad character from that series, from both of the series, just put them all in together, have them do shit, Iroh's there, cause Iroh, done. Let me customize a character. Yeah, alright. So anyway. And uh, don't let them make an original character, cause they're horrible at that part. Speaking of horrible Sonic characters. Sonic the Hedgehog Musou, with character <laughs> creation. Sonic Warriors! <laughs> so, speaking of a horrible character aesthetic, this game doesn't have that. <laughs> But there was a lot of complaining about the character aesthetic at the time. Uh, it's technically a sequel to a game that didn't need a sequel. It's a 3DS game that uses the no. oh. physical design of the 3DS in some of the puzzles. Um, oh, hang on. It is a Zelda? It is a Zelda. Uh, is this uh, Spirit Tracks? Train, Spirit Tracks. Uh, not Spirit Tracks. The no, one before. Is it the one it's... that comes after Wind Waker? Yeah, it was the Phantom Hourglass. Uh, often shorthanded to Hourglass. Don't say didn't need a sequel. <laughs> Wind Waker didn't need a sequel. It didn't need a direct sequel. No, no. Zelda needs a sequel. They get sequels because it's great and people they want aren't, more. Aren't like all the Zelda's sequels to Wind Waker? All right, all right. So, no. So we have two parts before you, <laughs> which, especially the ones that don't have Bug Eye Mutant Link. Which, Sorry, I still don't like Toon Link. Which do you want to go down first, the path of joy or the path of Schadenfreude? The path of thorns. <laughs> the path of Schadenfreude. The path of no, no, no. We go Schadenfreude last because we get smug to end. Okay, good. Okay. In which case, this game is a game that Jeb loves to bits. This game is bright and colorful. Jeb doesn't get to guess until Fox has guessed <laughs> at least once. It's not Viva Pinata. It is Viva Pinata. Oh, okay. Yay! Well, that was easy. Yes. This would be Trouble in Paradise? Party Animals! Party Animals. Party Wait, animals. there were many of these games? Yeah. Ooh. Uh, vi- uh, Viva Pinata Party Animals is a party game. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's, it's like obviously. a... Yep, it's a, it's like a, like a, like a Mario Party thing. Yes, which allows you to do... Pinata characters. Which allows you to put a pinata in a go-kart, and if the go-kart crashes, candy comes out. Alright! <laughs> <laughs> oh, pinata, Viva pinata is wonderful. I would play the shit out of Viva Pinata Warriors, you have no idea. <laughs> just candy everywhere. Horus <laughs> Horstachio all day, every day. In fact, I'm just gonna You don't know Horus Horstachio, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, Horus uh, Horstachio is a pinata who is a horse. Yeah. And he's got rad shades because he's a Hollywood star. Oh. <laughs> I can tell you about pinata lore. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to put this out there for anyone who, who is the developer of a fighting game that, that has an ongoing, you know, active following right now. Just just for Halloween, just replace blood with candy. <laughs> just, just put a little patch in there for a week or so. Don't do the horror right. thing. Do the candy thing. It's right, the true right. meaning of Halloween. Hi, right, Killer Instinct devs. I know you're listening. <laughs> I'm just saying... You're, you, you, it's a ri- it was originally a rare franchise, Killer Instinct. <laughs> you could, in theory, just put in <laughs> a Viva Pinata character into season three. I mean, you're already doing with Battletoads. <laughs> They're putting Battletoads into Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's disturbing how good he looks in that style. Really good. It's weird. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. All right. So here's, here, so I'm here saying you can put, 
the pinata into the game as your next character. All right. Now we have a game that was not only a failure, it was a long, slow-motion-burning trash Look, fire. Looking forever. No. No? This game, <laughs> this game may actually held, hold up as an even bigger, slower trash fire. All right? This Did Mindjack come out this year? Nope. 2007. Can't no. We're talking like, slow-motion. This took years to die. Oh. Okay. Alright. This game promised to be a revolution to the MMO model. This game oh. promised to own Diablo and Quake in the same setting and make oh. it an MMO. That's not MMO. No. It's um I was gonna say Tabula Rasa, but that wouldn't make sense. came out next month. Yeah. Right. What's the failure that everyone, even Tabula Rasa, looked at during that period and went, Oh, thank god I'm not in charge of that piece of shit. It I was originally know. designed to be a city-based franchise where they would release expand-alones that would bring in new cities. So the first one had a city name in it. Oh, um, hang on. Uh, Hellgate London? Hellgate London. Okay, I had no idea that that had anything like that kind of hype or or that kind of ego. Or I was totally disinvolved with this until I heard about it many years later. In fact, Tabula Rasa was basically the first MMO I heard about ever folding. It's sort of... For me, like in my mind, in my experience, it started that era of oh shit, MMOs can actually <laughs> MMOs die. can die. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was this was the work of Bill Roper and Ken Williams at Flagship Software, and it just did not go well. You're talking the level curve was wonky. You could get high end loot drops that were impossible for anyone to ever wear. Yeah, I seem to remember it being buggy as shit was the, the big problem. Uh, in proper hey. Ken in proper Ken Williams fashion, the game would just randomly kill you for no good reason. <laughs> uh, actually, yes, that could happen. Um, <laughs> wow. Wouldn't be a Ken Williams game otherwise. Uh, when when discussion was made of land support for the game, the response was "fuck people who use lands." Um, <laughs> the the uh, the paid versus one time the, the subscriptions sorry the subscribers versus the one time payment players was just a disgusting discrepancy in level of of authority and level of importance. Like if you were a paid subscriber and P, uh, and free players had killed things you could walk by and pick up loot that they couldn't and it would oh, actually sit there and it, and it would sit nice. there in the world looking at them and they could look You're at it and see its stats oh, wow. and they, you know it's just going to sit there and waiting until someone who's paid for it will come and get it <laughs> wow um again the game was absolutely devastatingly buggy <laughs> and every attempt to fix it had the attitude of oh yeah this is just making our great game even greater <laughs> the eventual death of hellgate london came when Bill Roper attempted to sell it to Nexon for Korea. No. <laughs> it didn't go well. We know what they do, MMOs. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah, it, uh, it, it launched on Halloween 2007. Ooh. The spookiest of dates. Except for maybe Easter 3rd. <laughs> I want to see the new Mortal Kombat with Candy Fatality. Uh, it didn't actually get picked up by Nexon. It got picked up by a Korean group called Habitsoft, who relaunched it a year later and then quietly shoveled it into the back row when nothing happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was a there was a um, <clears throat> there was an expandalone for it announced last year. <laughs> wow, nice. <laughs> Hellgate Let's get Tokyo. In on this. Let's get in which, on this. Which went on to Steam Greenlight and didn't gather enough attention. Let's get in on this. <laughs> Ooh, Let's get in on this. 
Corner the coverage market. Eventually, eventually, after a reattempt, they were approved by the Valve community, by the Valve store and the Steam community. But no game has come out. Nothing's happened. It's just you know, you can you can find. <sighs> also, the novels were apparently quite bad. Novels. It's such Get a your shame. fucking game right first, then you can write books about it. <laughs> Dicks. It's a shame because it was. And so some... Kurt Schilling looked at this and thought. Hmm. <laughs> I can do this. On the note of funding for games, uh, okay, you smell. 2000, uh, 2014, Star Citizen raised more money than all the other gaming Kickstarters combined. Hooray! <laughs> uh, How's Orion that? got funded. Oh, yes! Orion got funded. Keep going. Let's talk about something though. much better. Yay! <laughs> Go um, on. Is that finished? Kickstarter's supposed to give me an alert for that. Uh, and it's a couple days left. Oh, good. Yes. And also, uh, Home Free is adding Cats modes if we can reach the next stretch goal. That's Home Free? That's the dog. Oh, that's the stray dog. Yes. But, yeah, all right, cool. Yeah, so here's hoping that goes well. They both look like really, really worthy projects. Hell, yes. the, the um, thing... Indivisible? Uh, how's I'm... that going? Oh, yeah? How's, I'm asking, how's Indivisible, Indivisible going? I haven't looked in Indivisible's Kickstarter lately. Uh, a, friend, a friend of mine got a dev copy of the game and they were, you know, mostly complaining about it. I don't know much more about it than that. I really? Because I watched it and it looks great. Oh, cool. I know the music's <laughs> apparently freaking amazing. I know, I really, really freaking want to play Orion because it's been a while since I had that sort of side-scrolling beat-em-up fix with a really cool look to it. Mm. Also, Jeb, that X-Bone game where you play a couple of teacups, is that out yet? Teacups? What? The really nicely animated... <clears throat> was that? Oh, oh, Cuphead. Cuphead, yeah. Cuphead is not out yet. Damn. It looks like a 1920s cartoon. Oh, that one! Mm. Fuck, that was amazingly done. I don't know how they did the visuals on that. <laughs> it looks amazing. It's fascinating. Though. I like it. I like mm. it a lot. If you can't tell, we're a bunch of visual nerds here. <laughs> In that I like visuals and I don't know how to make good visuals. <laughs> <laughs> is that what being a nerd is? No, but that's basically my bone of fear. That description, actually. I like video games, but I don't know how to make a good video. Thank you. <laughs> I like music, but I don't know how to make good music. <laughs> I like wrestling, but I don't know how to make good wrestlers. On that note... Uh, I like porn, but I don't know how to make good porn. <laughs> <laughs> on the note of wrestling, there'll be another episode of the greatest podcast in the history of our sport on the same day uh, this goes up. Excuse me, but that's the greatest podcast in the history of our sport. Right, thank you. You have, to put the, you have to put the pauses in the right order. I, I totally understand. This is, this is a different culture to mine. <laughs> Uh, St. Tony Schiavone would not have it any other way on this, yeah. the greatest night in the history of our podcast. And, yeah, that's going to go up, so that's awesome. I heartily recommend it. Um, yeah, broadly speaking, anything else to add, Fox? Mm-mm. You got anything, Jeb? Those things are exciting. I, I, I really like games that are about long and lonesome drives down the highway. Hi for Grimlock! Have you played uh, Glitch Hikers? I have played some Glitch Hikers. That is one of the ones I was including in the, the list of Kentucky Route Zero and now Three-Fourths Home. <laughs> nice. Three-Fourths Home, by the way, is really good. If you have an hour if you have an hour or so to spare and want to play something kind of small and kind of experimental, it's on Steam, it's on PS4, Vita, and Xbox. I recommend you play this dialogue-driven game with a controller. Ah, okay, I'm interested. Seems like that's about all for this edition of the Downloadable Concept Podcast. That's been Talon. That's been Jeb. And that's been Fox. Join us next week when I will seize my cohorts in my mighty robo-jaws and shake them from side to side. (laughs) 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 Perfect.
By discussion of Grimlock. Fuck it, Grimlock. Way more important than Doom Raider Anniversary. Extra funny on account of my own Doom Raider Anniversary. (laughs) I think I do too. (laughs) I like the first Doom Raider. The first Doom Raider controls like ass if you go back and try and play it again. So therefore, updated first Doom Raider? Seems like a good idea. No. (laughs) On the other hand, eh. Grimlock. On the other hand, Grimlock. I do like the fact that you were constantly trying to. So this game, no, no, grip me, Grimlock, <laughs> me, Grimlock, own podcast now. <laughs> All right, this is the episode. With, this is the episode of the podcast where Grimlock, part way through the retro gaming news, just takes over. 